The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Astros Baseball, a podcast by a fan. For the fans of the Houston Astros, here is your host, Rob Fontenot. Hey guys, thanks for tuning into this episode of Astros Baseball. Today I will be joined by David Feldman. He's a sports producer, A's baseball historian. He's also a Major League Baseball official scorer. Uh, he does stats and research for all Bay Area sports. So before I bring him on, I want to talk a little bit about the A's and the Astros American League Division Series. Give you a little bit of info before I bring him on. Uh, Monday, Lance McCullers Jr., who didn't pitch against the Twins, against Bassett. Framber Valdez on Tuesday against Mania. And in some websites, I've seen Grinky listed to start Game 3. Uh, This will be a five-game series, no days off. Uh, The series will be played at Dodger Stadium, which makes this a little more interesting. Today's game's at 3.07 Central. Uh, Tuesday's game's at 3.37 Central. And as far as I can tell, both games are on TBS. So the Astros swept the Twins two games to zero. They won 4-1 and 3-1, so they won with great pitching. The A's defeated the White Sox two games to one. They actually lost game one, but they came back to win game two, five to three, and they won game three, six to four. So the Astros used starters in relief versus the Twins, but this is a five-game series, and they will have to actually use the bullpen. I couldn't find the ALDS roster, so I just looked at the wildcard roster And you have Ryan Presley, Josh James, and six rookies. You have Brooks Raley, although he's 32 years old. He's still a rookie. He did get to pitch in the Twin Series. You got Paredes, uh, Blake Taylor, Scrub, Sneed, and Luis Garcia. I don't know if this is official or not. That is just the guys that were on the wild card roster. Uh, The A's won the season series against the Astros, seven games to three. Houston won both games uh, at Minute Maid Park, and Oakland took seven of eight in Oakland. One reason that the A's dominated the Astros this year is the Astros had a 202 average uh, versus the A's. So anyway, we're going to take a quick break, and when I come back, I will be joined by David Feldman. We'll be right back, guys. You're listening to... Astros baseball. All right, folks, we are back, and now I'm joined by David Feldman. David, thanks for joining me today. Oh, glad to be here. Thank you. All right, so the the list here of what you do, sports producer, baseball historian for the A's, uh, what does that entail? Can you share that real quick? Uh, Mostly it's because I've been an A's fan my entire life. My dad actually grew up in Philadelphia as a Philadelphia A's fan. And uh, my family moved out here the same year 
the, the A's did in 1968. And I just grew up at the Coliseum going to games and uh, had a pretty good memory and uh, just loved the sport and loved the history. And as I got older, I, I ended up uh, becoming a stats person working in television and then working on A's broadcasts for over 16 years. I traveled with the A's uh, every game and, you know, just sort of became known that if there was an A's question or something that happened in the A's past that I, I kind of knew it. And um, from there, I, you know, I've been lucky enough to work in television and producing a lot of different sports now. Well, when we had sports, unfortunately, it's been a little bit of a rough go like everybody else w- with the pandemic. But uh, otherwise, it's been great going to games and going to baseball games and uh, just loving, loving the A's and loving the sport. Okay, another interesting thing you have here is a, an official score for Major League Baseball. And as far as me and other fans, you know, we see plays, you know, happen on the field and we don't know, are they going to rule this a hit? Are they going to rule it an error? And we're waiting on the official score and that would be you, right? That's what you do? That would be me, yeah. So I was, uh, you know, always in press box. Um, during games. And if there was a call that I didn't agree with, I was not shy to to voice my opinion. And uh, eventually uh, a spot opened up in the Bay Area uh, and they said, well, you're always bitching about the calls. You do it. And uh, I I love it. Uh, It's the only way my name's ever going to be in the box score. And uh, I do A's and Giants games. And it's been it's been a wonderful opportunity because I've done playoff games and World Series games and no hitters. And I've been able to go to Japan four times, uh, three times when the A's opened the season over there and once for the World Baseball Classic. And it's just, it's opened up a lot of doors that wouldn't have been open otherwise. And again, being such a fan of the game, being a very tiny, tiny part of it is pretty special. All right, so let's get to this series real quick. Uh, how, how'd you feel your guys did in uh, against the White Sox? I, I, I know you won and you only lost one game, but that was to Lucas Giolito. Were you expecting to lose that? It was going to be tough to beat Giolito, especially on that day. And he was awesome in game one. I mean, he had everything working. And, you know, Bob Melvin does not make a lot of managerial mistakes. This is a veteran manager. Uh, but he did make one in the third inning of this game where he had first base open and Jose Abreu up, Jesus Lazardo on the mound, you know, rookie pitcher, Sean Murphy, a rookie catcher. And instead of just walking Jose Abreu, which you should do, uh, he had a pitch to him and of course, Abreu hits a two-run homer. Uh, it made no sense to put the A's in a 3-0 hole with Giolito, and they, they weren't going to come back from that. But games two and three, you saw more of what the A's are capable of, of, of scoring, hitting home runs, uh, and then turning it over to the bullpen. A little rocky in game two with Liam Hendricks having to throw 49 pitches, but in game five, uh, the bullpen did what they, they're expected to do. Yeah, game two, you guys were up five to zero, and you ended up winning five to three. And uh, game three had a four-run fourth inning. Was that uh, sparked by a big home run? Uh, it was actually, it was a huge home run. It was Sean Murphy. Uh, the A's were down uh, three nothing in game three. I said game five, or I'm so used to deciding games being game fives. Uh, uh, game three, they're they're down three nothing, and it felt like a mountain. It was only three runs, but it felt that way. You know, with the A's history, they had lost nine straight winner-take-all postseason games, and they hadn't won one since 1973. 
uh, they hadn't won a series since 2006. So you had all these these monkeys on their backs, and you're, now you're down three nothing. And Sean Murphy, it's a two run homer, and it just made everyone relax, right? And then they got into the White Sox bullpen, which wasn't managed very well. They had some good at bats, a couple bases loaded walks, and all of a sudden they're up four to three. Uh, Houston, uh, I'm sorry, the White Sox go back and tie up the game, but the A's then come back again, get a big bases loaded hit by Chad Pinder in, in the bottom of the fifth. And then they close it out with four shattered innings with a bullpen. Uh, it was just such a relief. I mean, yeah, there are different teams who have lost these nine winner-take-all games, but they're all there. It's It weighs on you, right? As a team, they know the history. So a big relief to actually win one of these do-or-die games. So what are your thoughts on the extended playoffs? For this year, I'm okay with it. Um, because you know it's such a strange year and, and 16 teams and you only played a 60 game schedule, so I was okay with it. I think going forward, I, I'm not going to be because to me, winning the division, you still need to be rewarded for that. Uh, and this year, you were rewarded by playing three home games. Um, that's not enough over 162 games. So I think there's got to be a way. Either they're going to go to 12 teams or 14 teams, but if you win your division. You need to get a first round buy. You need an advantage. There still needs to be that encouragement not to just play out the rest of the season because, hey, we know we're going to make the playoffs anyway. There's got to be a reward for winning your division. So that that's something I think they need to work on. One thing that I didn't like about the expanded playoffs is that it allowed two teams and one of them is Houston with losing records to get into the playoffs. Did you have any negative feelings about that? It's not ideal, but in a 60-game season, we kind of figured that that had a good chance of happening. And, you know, the Milwaukee Brewers were never over 500 the entire year, and they were in the playoffs. Um, it's just not ideal. But, you know, Houston's a great example of this year where they were good enough and they had a big enough lead on the third-place team uh, for most of the year. It was the Angels, and then it was Seattle. that They knew they were going to make the playoffs. So it didn't really matter about winning the division to them at that point because they knew they were in. Um, and that's why I think winning the division needs to have more of an incentive. But this year, like I said, it, it kind of knew it was going to happen. So I was OK with it. Yeah. So a lot of people don't know outside of, you know, Astro fans, but the Astros were 29 and 29. And they lost the last two games of the year against the Rangers, but they rested a lot of people. And uh, they really just didn't try to win. So I've even spoke about it that I didn't even watch them because, right. you know, if you're not going to try to win, I'm not going to watch it. So wh what did you feel about were, were you surprised that they beat the twins? Because everybody picked the twins to win. But once the Astros beat them, everybody's shaking it off like, oh, well, you beat a team. That always loses. But I mean, but if, if that's the case, why did everybody pick them to win? Right. Everybody wants to jump on the Astros, right? Because they were they did have this this kind of down year and you have all this the 2017 cheating scandal. Just all the stuff that comes with being the Astros this season. But you know what? You're, they're still the Astros. You look at that lineup and there's such talent up and down the lineup. You cannot count this team out, especially offensively. Uh, this is an experienced bunch that knows how to win. And we know how good George Springer is in the postseason. And Carlos Correa can be in the good in the postseason. Michael Brantley is a fantastic hitter. Uh, Yuli Gurriel, dangerous all the time. Alex Bregman, come on. 
second in the MVP voting last year. This is a scary offensive team. And, and the A's know that. They are not taking this lightly at all. Um, you know, they had success in their in the regular season, winning seven out of the 10 meetings. Um, all those seven wins were at the Coliseum. Um, but they're not taking it lightly because this team's so scary. And I think if the Twins, and I don't think they did, I think the Twins have their own issues going on. Um, you can't because they're, they're, they're very scary. Now, if there's one thing about the Astros that is questionable, it is the youth in the bullpen. Um, yes. And you, you know, and you saw what Dusty did in that first round using starters to help bridge these games. And, you know, with five straight days in the ALDS, I don't know if he's going to be able to do that as much. Uh, but if there is a Achilles heel to this Astros team, it is the, the youth in the bullpen. Yeah, I mentioned that on the in the opening before I brought you on that the Astros used four of their starters. I believe they used Presley and Rayleigh, which they sh- he, Dusty Baker shouldn't even have brought him in. I think he should have left Arkeedy in, but they're not going to be able to do this. We've got six rookies in the bullpen, and to us Astro fans, we're already attached to them. We already feel like they're good. We have faith in them. But they're going to they're gonna have to be used because you can't use all these starters in a five-game series. Maybe if someone's up two to zero, you can do whatever you have to do to win game three. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the Astros, you talk about that scary lineup, and they won with pitching. Yeah. They, they're, they're, their offense is so great, and they have such a stacked lineup, even without Alvarez. And they're winning with pitching, which is just crazy. So let me ask you, were you surprised that Zach Greinke wasn't named the game one starter? No, I was not. Zach Greinke in the last eight appearances has not been our best pitcher. If you ask any Astro fan who you want to start, they would probably say Framer Valdez or maybe Jose Urquidy. I think they would probably pick Greinke third and Lance McCullers fourth. Lance McCullers can go out there, and he's pitching today. He can go out there and throw seven-inning no-hitter, or you can score 20 runs on him in the first (laughs) inning. So you just don't know what you're going to get. But no, I I don't think any Astro fan, even though he's our ace because Verlander's out in theory, but I think the Astro fans have more confidence in Arquiti and Framber Valdez. You know, it's it's interesting for the A's. They're not afraid of Granky. They've seen him enough. They also know how how tough he is to score upon. But he's not he's not that that fear fearful pitcher. Uh, where Lance McCullers um, can be because if his breaking ball is on, it's almost unhittable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you look at his numbers this year, and you know this very well. He was lights out at home, and awful on the road. Um, now this these games are at Dodger Stadium, so obviously not technically road games, but neutral site games, but away from Minute Maid Park, McCullers has struggled. Now, he does have good history at Dodger Stadium, including starting in game seven. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he hit four batters and only went two and a third, but he's never given up a run at Dodger Stadium. Um, but I think the A's do have a little more fear of facing McCullers just because if he is on, he is so tough to hit. Right. So we go. let's go to your pitching staff real quick. Uh, and we have a history with this guy, Mike Fires, <laughs> who pitched your last game and didn't do well at all. And just because the schedule, it wasn't on purpose, as far as I know, that 
the A's, I mean, the Astros have avoided him. He hasn't had to pitch against his former team. And, but this one, if, I mean, if my math is correct, he would be your game five starter. Do you imagine the A's throwing him out there in a make or break game five? I mean, they put him in, in game three last series. They did. And that was over Sean Mania, a left-hander. Uh, and that was due to the matchup with the White Sox. The White Sox murdered left-handed pitching. They didn't lose a game uh, against a ga- in a game started by a left-handing starting pitcher by the opponent. Um, and after seeing what the White Sox did to Lizardo in the first game, they said, we're not going to put Manaya out there. And they gave it to Mike Fires, and he deserved that, that opportunity in that start. Um, and, you know, if it was a regular game, he would have gone more than just an inning and two-thirds. But, you know, Abreu came up with the bases loaded, and they weren't going to let that happen. Uh, it's funny you say the Astros avoided him. It really was the A's avoiding Mike Fires starting against the Astros. There was a couple times where, uh, especially because there were some protest games um, and games that were called off, that the A's actually could have started Fires against the Astros, and they made sure not to. Um, you know, look, they had a five-game series against the Astros at the Coliseum, uh, including a doubleheader, and Mike Fires did not start one of those five games. I would be shocked if Mike Fires pitches in this series. Um not only because of, of, you know, being a whistleblower and just the history, but he hasn't pitched that well against the Astros. Um, mm. He gives up a lot of bombs to them. And in Dodger Stadium, especially in the day, and right now all these games are scheduled for the day, um, the ball's going to fly. It's not a good matchup. So I, I would be shocked. The A's also have Mike Miner, who could start a game. And if you're in a deciding game five, and again, it's more into that bullpen, Johnny Holstaff, uh, I could see Mike Miner getting a start in that game over Mike Fires. So you guys got Mike Miner from the Rangers, and I'll get to him in a second, I guess. But first, you, you said Mike Fires is a whistleblower, and I, I've never had the chance or the opportunity to talk to an Oakland A's fan or anyone, you know, associated with the A's. So Mike Fires was on the 2017 Astros team who cheated, and everybody hates him. Everybody hates the 2017 team unless they play for another team, which is odd to me. But do, do, does the Oakland A's fans consider Mike Fires a hero? That's a good question. I think eh, probably they probably do. I mean, when they did their um, their fan events uh, back in February, uh, he was getting rousing, rousing support because, you know, he did speak up. I, I don't know if they think of him as a hero or as just somebody who's doing good for the game or just somebody who's, you know, stuck it to the Astros. I, I, I'm not sure why they feel that way. Look, uh, as I said, I, I traveled with the A's for a long time. So I've been around baseball for, for a lot of years and, and in, in and out of clubhouses. Um, cheating goes on everywhere. I, I, I know this. Now, what the Astros were doing was real time cheating with the banging on the drum. That doesn't happen. That's that's that was a whole different ball game, um, and that's why it was so frowned upon and looked about as being as bad as it was. You know what the Red Sox did using video to steal Steins, and you get a guy in second base. That's gone on forever. Uh, but the real time factor of the Astros that that was what was new and what was crossing the line. Did Fires do the right thing? Uh, he put his name to it, so I give him credit for that. Nobody else did. Um, mm-hmm. If you're going to stand up and, and accuse somebody of doing that, I think it goes a lot. Uh, a lot further if you attach your name to your accusations. I guess the only thing as far as Astro fans are concerned 
is yes, he whistleblowed and yes, you know, he brought it to light, put his name on it, but he also partaked in it and he also reaped the benefits from it. And he also went two years without saying anything about it. So that's kind of how we feel. But, you know, like you said, he did do the right thing eventually. And you got to give him credit for that. But he is not very well liked with the Houston Astro fans right now at all. Yeah, not surprising. But, you know, it's funny you say that it took two years. It really didn't because he was telling when he went to Detroit, he was telling his teammates in Detroit what was happening. When he came to Oakland, he was telling the teammates in Oakland. Teams went to the league um, and and put these claims in. It just wasn't talked about as much then. And again, there was no name put in until the athletic article came out detailing the whole thing. So mm. it wasn't that he was quiet for two years. He wasn't. He was talking. Um, and the A's also have another player who was a small part of that 2017 team and a big part of the 2018 team in uh, Tony Kemp. Um, so the A's have a good idea of what goes on, or at least what was going on in Houston yeah. in, the, in those seasons now with, with Dusty Baker and, and the changes. Yeah, you know, who knows what it's like there now. So that's the complete opposite. Uh, Tony Kemp is still loved. Yeah. The, he was never a starter. He was like a role guy that came in, you know, pinch hitter, maybe got a spot start here and there. But he was very well liked. Uh, but let's go to this. So let's. I'm sticking with the scandal, and that's not why I wanted to talk to you, <laughs> but, but it just turned into it a little bit. But most of the hate from the scandal comes from Yankee and Dodger fans. Right. So how do the A's feel about it, That the fans from the A's? Do they feel like – well, this is – do they feel like they were robbed of some AL West titles because they finished second? Uh, if they do feel that way, they're they're mistaken, <laughs> in my opinion. I don't think the A's were as good as the Astros, whether they were cheating or not. I thought the Astros were the better teams in 17, 18, 19. Um, you know, the A's had really good years in 18 and 19, winning 97 games each year. Um, but even in, in last year, in 2019, they finished 10 games behind the Astros. Uh, that's how good the Astros were. So I, I don't think they can feel robbed by anything. They just feel cheated that. You know, as as Mike Fires talked about, he, he did have a start in Houston where he gives up all the home runs. Um, and the A's have had some pitchers who just got rocked there. Uh, is it because there was something nefarious going on? Or is it just hard to pitch in Minute Maid Park against that lineup? I think it's hard to pitch in Minute Maid Park against that lineup. So uh, I think the fans would be mistaken that the Astros robbed the A's of anything. I think the Astros went out and were the better team and, and won those divisions. Do you think the A's feel like this is a rivalry? I think it, I think they do in the fact that the Astros have been the king of the AL West for the last three years, and you have to go through the king and knock him off to to claim that throne. Um, you know, when the Astros first came to the American League in 2013, they were a bottom feeder, and the A's beat up on them really well, uh, especially in 2013 and 2014. Um, and payback came when the Astros got good. Uh, but for the A's to to be good again, they have to go through the Astros, and they know that. So as a rival. I think that's that's where the rivalry is. You have to beat this. You have to beat this team to prove that you're the better team. Do you think the Lori, what's his name, Loriano? Yeah, Ramon Loriano. Do you think that incident caused any beef between the teams, or that was just a one one time thing? I, I people blowing it up here and there once in a while. I haven't heard anything about it all week, but I, I don't think that caused anything. It just 
I think it was just a one-time issue. Yeah, it, it definitely was. It was, you know, young pitchers were kept hitting the A's. Um, and the A's were getting frustrated. And Castanados hit Loriano for the second time with a slider that didn't break. So Loriano, and I've never seen a, a batter do this, is basically trying to give him pitching lessons as he's walking up the line. He's not angry. He's just saying, snap that ball. You need to snap that ball off. So that's when, you know, Alex Centron starts yelling at him from the dugout. And that's where this issue comes in, right? And Centron says something about his mother in Spanish. And Loriano's not going to take it. And he's going to go. Um, thank goodness for Dustin Garneau. Dustin Garneau is a hero because he tackles Loriano. <laughs> and Garneau was a former athletic. He was a teammate of Loriano. They were they know each other very well, and he did the right thing. He just took him down and probably saved Loriano from really getting hurt because one against oh, 28 guys is not a good place to be. Um, so, no, I think it was just a one-off incident. I don't think they have any respect for Centrone. I, I think that that's an issue. Uh, but there was no bad blood as far as we hate these guys for doing this. No, it was nothing like that. I believe the Astros' bats woke up while Centrone was – uh, suspended, and when they started going cold again, everybody started tweeting uh, that he may he, maybe he's back, and that's probably the problem. So <laughs> it, it was funny. I mean, he got suspended, and we started scoring. And uh, <laughs> it's funny. But anyway, I mean, that's all I have. I mean, we got McCullers and Bassett. You feel pretty comfortable about your pitching matchup today? Yeah, Bassett's been fantastic. He was the pitcher of the month in September. Um, he pitched against the Astros three times, uh, one time in the first game of a doubleheader. Um, we had a little extra layoff. Tucker got him for a three-run homer in the first inning. Another situation where the A's should never pitch to Tucker in that game because Tucker was red hot. Uh, that was that was the Tucker doubleheader, right? He hits a three-run homer in the first game. He hits a three-run triple in the first mm-hmm. inning of the second game. Uh, the Astros sweep that doubleheader. Uh, that was two of their three wins. All three of the Astros' wins actually came in seven-inning games against the A's. And honestly, seven inning games was not a friend of the A's this entire season because they're a team that is is based upon the bullpen both ways. Their offense tends to beat up on the opposing bullpen and the A's bullpen tends to shut down their opponents. Uh, so you shorten that game and you took away that A's advantage. Um, so it's back now, obviously, with a nine inning game. Uh, Bassett was very good. Uh, against the White Sox, I and mean, he was fantastic against the White Sox. Just continuing, he competes on the mound. Uh, he's, you know, he's not going to blow you away, but he mixes his pitches, he spots his pitches. He's got a good breaking ball. If he's throwing his curveball for strikes, he is going to be really tough to hit. Uh, but I just love the way that Chris Bassett competes on the mound. Every pitch he competes. And Tuesday, Framer Valdez against Mania, uh, both lefties, right? Yeah, you know, Valdez, who's so, who's so good against the Twins. Um, Manaya in his last start against the Astros, I've never seen anything like it. No one has. Uh, he threw 61 pitches in seven innings. 61 pitches in seven innings. No one's ever thrown that few in a start of seven innings. That's ridiculous, right? Yeah. Um, it's just seen the Astros were just up swinging. Um, it looked like they were ready to get out of Oakland. That was, again, the fifth game of that series. And... Uh, you know, Manaya when he throws strikes, they're just—they were just hacking at him. Um, I just—I just never seen anything like it. Um, but Manaya, he—he's looking for a little, um, a little redemption because he started the wild card game for the A's last year against Tampa Bay. Uh, did not go well. Gave up a home run to Yandy Diaz leading off the game. 
Um, and I think he needs a little postseason redemption. So he's going to be definitely hyped for his, not because he's facing the Astros. It's just because he's in the postseason and he wants to show that he's, he belongs. Right. This is the first year in a while y'all have gotten out of the first round. Uh, but I'm not going to ask you for a prediction. Cause just no. being, I mean, I don't, I don't even, I don't even have a prediction myself, so I don't want to do that. But what do you think about the Yankees and the Rays? Yeah, that's a grudge match. You talk about two teams that don't like each other. Those two teams literally don't like each other. I mean, the chirping that went on this year, uh, Aroldis Chapman throwing the ball above Broussard's head at about a hundred miles an hour. Um, there is no love there. Uh, that is going to be a dogfight. And I, the Rays pitching. And the way they employ it, um, with, they'll use any reliever at any time. And they'll use them all. They are really good. Um, you know, obviously Garrett Cole as the ace of the Yankees. And here in game one against Snell, it's, you know, you'll have the two aces going. Um, could be a dogfight. But I think over a five-game series, I think the Rays are the better team because of the, the way they use their pitching staff. And I think the Rays will win that series. Well, I hope they do. And I think everyone listening to this probably hopes they do as well uh david i appreciate you joining me today and i hope you enjoy the rest of your day enjoy these two games tonight and good luck to your team sir uh thank you it was was a fun conversation and uh i hope it's a great series thank you for having me on all right thanks for listening folks we'll see you next time on astros baseball Thanks for listening to this episode of Astros Baseball. Make sure to subscribe so that way you will be alerted when there is a new episode. Follow Rob on Twitter at Rob Fontenot. American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.